Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Here we go. Come on, Bobby. Bobby. We had a great weekend. Welcome back. Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. Let's go around the room. Our video producer, Eddie, is up first. Eddie, good morning. Good morning. What you got? So a few weeks ago, I guess I brought to the table that my son wanted to watch Outer Banks. He's 15 years old. And I was like, I don't know, guys. I remember seeing the first season. A lot of bad words. Maybe some teenage, you know, like stuff, adult stuff happening with teenagers. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know if my son should watch, should watch it. And you guys said, no, no, no. He totally should. I think he's old enough. So I'm the cool parent. I let him watch it. Did you watch it with him? No. No. And I made him go into my bedroom. Like, hey, you can use the TV in my bedroom. Watch the show on your own. And every time I'd walk in, oh my, all I heard was F-bombs. F-bombs this, F-bombs. And he's like sitting there with popcorn on my bed, watching. And I had to bite my tongue so many times and be like, oh, like, I don't, you should not be listening to this stuff on TV. Like, I don't want you. Don't repeat any of these words. But I didn't. I was cool. He's 15, right? Yes. Don't you think he hears that all the time at school? 50 times more than what he's seeing on TV? At school. Not yeah. my home. Not my house. So no TV show can say it at all? Well, I, and I'm, I'm not disrespecting your rule. I'm just asking kind of the logic behind it. I, I just, for me to allow him to watch a TV show that's F this, F that, I'm like, I'm allowing him to do that. At school, Those are what that's what kids are doing. That's up to him. I think it's a completely fair rule. You're the dad. You get to make the rules. And I would understand if you're young kids, you didn't let them see it at all. But 15 just seems like, dude, he can almost drive. Yeah. Does he hear you say it during a sporting game? Like no. When watching I don't say it during a sporting game. But he, can, he, can he almost can get a driver's license and then drive somewhere and hear people say it. I know. But guys, we're past that now. He watched the show. He watched all three seasons in like probably two no weeks. worse off either. I don't know. I don't know. Now he's it probably at school. Him. Now he's probably the one cursing at school. And you know what? That's showbiz, baby. Everybody does it. Everybody has a face. <laughs> he's got to get through it. All right. Thank you, Eddie. All right. Here he is next. Uh, Lunchbox. Uh, Bobby, I'm coming to you. I need some help because last week you were talking about a work trip to Las Vegas. With there's, Ray. No, there's no work trip. That's not a work trip. No, no, no. But I need you to present it as a work trip. Let me reset this for our listeners. So Ray is going to Vegas to watch Sam Hunt. His wife cannot go now because her cat's injured. And so Ray was going to go by himself. Well, I call one of my management team and I go, hey, can we, because Sam and I have the same management company. And I say, can we get Ray backstage passes and better seats? He says, yes, we can. So Ray's all pumped up. Then all of a sudden, I was like, I'll go. Good, good backstage passes and tickets, I'll go. So that's a fun trip for you guys. It is not a work trip. Well, because I, I presented it to my wife. And she's a little iffy if it's a work trip. It is not a work trip, though. Just listen and see if you can help me convince her. Okay, go ahead. I think I have to go to Vegas with Ray. For what? Uh, Sam Hunt's having a concert. Ray's going, and Bay can't go, so I got to (laughs) go. 
<laughs> so this is like for fun, not for work. No, no, it's for work. Like work, he, he bought tickets, but then they got him upgraded seats and backstage passes. I'm going to, you know, because Ray doesn't want to be alone. And then I need to, I need to supervise Ray to make sure he doesn't get too drunk when he does the meet and greet oh with Sam Hunt. Gosh. It's not a work thing. You had me thinking like it was a work thing, and work was like sending you to do this. And now it's a fun thing. It's, no, it's a fun work is sending me. Trip. Work is sending me. Uh huh. There's a hotel room, everything. Who's paying for that hotel room? Oh, work, I think. No, <laughs> you are lying to me. So just a heads up. Put it on the calendar. Yeah, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're cool? Nope. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Work's not paying for the hotel. Ray's already paid for it himself. Personal money. That's not a work trip. You're not going, bud. I need you to... <laughs> like, it say, ain't a work trip. Just say, this is a work trip, and I'll play that little section of the clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a work trip. Uh. <laughs> Ray, there's no chance your wife can go? Uh, maybe 1%. And also, the second lunchbox oh, okay. limits my drinking and gambling, that's when we're going to have a problem. Okay. Yeah. Ray said 0%. Now it's back up to 1%. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Amy, you're up. I don't have a thing. Oh, yeah, Amy. Oh, sorry. Here's Everybody, here's Amy. Amy. Hey, go ahead. A thing. Here's okay, time. so I was having to teach this to my daughter, and it made me wonder if you guys know this. Go so ahead. You're at a store, and say there's a sale of something. It's like, you know, 10 yogurts for ten dollars you're like wow if i get ten then it's only a dollar a yogurt right are you following yeah, yeah. i just think yeah. they're a dollar each yeah they're a dollar each oh you know okay Look at you. What do you mean? No, we're not dumb. Do you think we're the? I mean, we are idiots. <laughs> yeah. But do you think we're the most idiotic? Hey, I don't know. I could totally see y'all being like, "Well, we gotta buy ten oh, if I want to pay a dollar." Did you, know did you really think that we would think that, or who? I, no, I really did. I, I, all of y'all. Do you know what, Eddie? That's why they do it because people fall for this. <laughs> yes. So there are people they out there that are like, 10? "I have to get the ten of them." We were all insulted by her doing that. But- <laughs> We do way stupider stuff. <laughs> but this one we knew, right, guys? Yeah, we knew this. Oh, okay. Wow, okay. I'm impressed. But for anybody else out there, you you still get it for a dollar even if you buy one. <laughs> so you're telling me if it's two for five, I can get one for two fifty? Yes. Wow. Do you know, did you know that? Yes. Amy. Oh, Amy. okay. Never mind. <laughs> From Mount Pine, Arkansas, at golf, he strives for better than par, and you'll never find him at the bar. Bobby Bones. Thank you very much, Kate. Hey. I'm just letting everybody know I'm going to be playing in a pickleball tournament in May. Where? So let the training begin. What? Where? Here. In town. Who puts it on? Like well, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's official yet. Like official, they have announced it. But I've been playing a little bit, and so now I'm ready to dip my toe in the tournament play. Oh, boy. So So how did you pick your partner? Or is it individual? No, it's individuals. Oh, boy. Oh, no. So is it like, against other celebrities? Is it a celebrity tournament, or is it like... Both. It's like celebs and professionals. I can't say too much about it, but just know that when my when I'm in like okay. walking in a pickleball pants and okay. you know, pickle hats. It's I, yeah. I can't hate. We do golf tournaments. Right. You know what's the difference? I went to the mall. They had a pickleball court in the mall the other day. They're playing in the mall like random families. Oh no. That's did, you, yeah. did, you, did you jump in? No, but I would have I there wasn't an open spot. <laughs> I would have jumped in. But now I'm ready to start training for a pickleball tournament in May. Oh, so is man. this something where you could actually be a champion? Yeah, let's yeah, go. Okay. I think, I think Dirk's playing in it, too. I'd play against Dirk, probably. He's good? He's supposed to be. Okay. He ain't played me yet. Mm. But I haven't played anybody real good. I played with Morgan Evans a little bit. He's really good. He beat me three to two. Three games to two. But I haven't played much. Yeah, is that the story where you're bleeding? No, that was different. That's, Brett. That's a different game. Okay. Not a different game. Pickleball tournament. I'm now Mr. Pickleball. Wow. You refer to me as that? Mr. Pickleball? Yeah. I feel like it. Just you can just call him Mr. Pickle. Okay, you call me, just, hey, just call me Pickle. Okay. Hey, Pickle. All right, let's know. get going with the show here. Time for the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hello, Bobby Bones. My 10-year-old's been begging me to let him watch The Last of Us on HBO. All of his friends have watched it. He says he's the only one who hasn't. I don't like to let him watch or play video games with a lot of language and violence. I did not even let him play this video game because it was rated M for mature. My husband thinks I'm being overprotective and that he's probably exposed to worse at school without us knowing. I say he can watch anything with a mature rating when he's 15. Right now he's 10. I'm out of touch. Are kids watching this stuff now? Signed, obviously overprotective mom. Amy, you go first. 
How old is the kid again? Ten. Okay. I ugh. I could not let my son watch it. He's 12 because it would freak him out. But my daughter at 12, she was a different... She was different than him, so I would have let her. She can definitely watch it now. She's 15. I don't think it shows that bad. I don't remember language. The only thing freaky to me is the the zombie, like how they look. Mm-hmm. It, it It's more so not scary. It's just disgusting. There's some jump scares. There's the occasional bad word. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I must miss those. <laughs> <laughs> but I hear what you're saying, that not every kid should be defined just by his age. Yeah. Also by their attitude and maturity. A 10-year-old in this house may be a little more mature than a 10-year-old in the other house. Exactly. Eddie? Yeah, I don't like that she labeled herself as a overprotective parent or what her mother, whatever. Like, I, it, it just, it's whatever she feels. I think 10 is too young. Um, you Have guys, you watched the show? No, but well, Then I how mean, are you saying this? Because, because, I mean, it's obvious, it's gory. It's, it's in. What? In for mature. Yeah, M for mature, dude. They're no, telling no, for the video game, guys. Oh, that's that not the video game. Okay. Yeah. I, I still think 10 is too young. I struggle with this all the time. I want my kids to see certain movies. Forrest Gump's one. I want all my family to watch Forrest Gump, but there are parts in there that aren't good, and they're not ready for that yet. Wait. Wait, what kid can't, can't watch Forrest Gump? My nine-year-old. Are you kidding? No, oh, man. There's what? a lot of stuff with Jenny. I... He's falling in love with Jenny, and there's stuff with Jenny and her dad. Like, there's just oh, stuff that, you know. I didn't even get that, though, when I was young. I didn't even understand what that meant. Right. It wasn't black. My kids are different, man. They get everything. Wow. I didn't either, Bones. I watched those movies, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I can't believe you don't let your nine year old watch Forrest Gump, the most yet. wholesome American movie of all oh, time. Boy. I no. was watching Pretty Woman at nine, and I Look did not you. know what she. <laughs> just kidding. No, uh, but wow. I mean, I didn't put Look two and now. two together yeah. that that's what her job was. Mm-hmm. I just thought I'm telling you, kids are smarter these days. They know what's going on. But if they're smarter, they already know what's going on, and that's oh. not that bad. Yeah, but I don't want to watch it with them. But you, oh, it's a chance to say, talk to your kids. Eddie. What's funny too is my parents they won't watch rated R movies with me still, and I'm like 44 <laughs> years old. So that's why this is just your parents passing yeah. me down. Dang, to me. I shouldn't have said that. God, yeah. that was that so was. So this your... is it. Okay, this is your parents. <laughs> right, you're your parents. Did you feel like your parents were out of touch when you were young? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you're your parents now. But my parents didn't even know what I was watching when I was young. I watched hey, whatever I wanted. Same, bro. Yeah. Me? No, no. I'm on it. No, 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 no. I assure you, they're watching stuff you don't no know. No way, watching. dude. There's too, too authentic code factor, whatever it's called. Doesn't have to be at home. Hey, I get a buzz on my phone when they Doesn't try to log in. Doesn't have to be at in. home. Doesn't have to be on their iPad. Well, no. They're, when they're not at home, they're at school. Exactly. And you think everything happening at schools? You're telling me they're watching movies at school? I'm telling you, they could be doing whatever they want at school. Oh, this is not good. When you tell your kids no on that, do you just tell them no or do you give them a why? I give them a why. What's you're, the why? You're not ready for that yet. Okay. But that's pretty <laughs> generic. Yeah, and then it works though. They're kind of just like, yeah, all right, dad, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. Cool. And they just listen like that? Yeah, they do. So then they go watch it somewhere else. <laughs> you're probably right. They're like, no problem, dad. You're right. <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, I'm going to say to you, obviously, overprotective mom. Amy said it best. I think all ages should be treated differently uh, you know, related to how mature they are. I don't think every 10-year-old is the same. 10 seems a bit young on the younger side, honestly, for okay. this. Yeah. But if you have a super smart, mature 10-year-old who's watching scary movies, I don't think it's that big of a jump to watch this show. It's not like a bad, dirty show. It's just zombies. Yeah. But 10's probably a little young, yes, unless you have a 10-year-old that you trust. So he's not going to take anything from it that he didn't already know. But it is, it's awesome Have show. you played the video game? Nah. Okay. I don't really play games like that. I play two games. Right, right, right. Madden football, NBA 2K basketball, and then a fishing game that I, re- that I don't really ever play. Oh, man, that sounds fun. Game. Yeah, I never caught a single thing. I don't <laughs> think there's any fish in the water. <laughs> we got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. 
It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Buzz in with your name. I'll give you the name of a character. You name the famous child actor. Okay. Oh, boy. Man, this is tough. tough. If I said Michelle Tanner. Lunchbox. Yeah. Go ahead. Mary-Kate Olsen. And Ashley Ooh, Olsen. Ashley that been incorrect. <laughs> hmm. oh, Mary-Kate oh, and Ashley Olsen. Yeah, they were twins. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize. What? Okay. You didn't know they were twins? No, no, I knew they were twins. I didn't know that both. I thought maybe one was one kid and one was the other. But that's why they needed twins. But who no, was the other kid? Uh, I, I don't know their names. No, no, but there was only one Michelle Tanner. Oh, there is? Uh -huh. So I figured just Mary Kate was the right answer. Well, yeah, that'd have been wrong. Thanks. Yeah. Right. But Ashley, they played the. There were two of them. I guess whichever, baby, whichever baby was least fussy, they put in there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there wasn't twins on the show. No. no. Thank you. Yeah. Wasn't a big full house guy. Don't don't know the ins and outs. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's all right. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Wow. We're going to seven. I give you the character. You tell me the child actor. The character is Kevin McAllister. Eddie. Eddie. Macaulay Culkin. Correct. From Home Alone. That's oh, I was thinking TV show. Dang, you got me. I was like, who is Kevin McAllister? Good job. Good job. Woo. Randy Taylor. Lunchbox. Lunchbox. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Correct. Wow. That was Randy. And he was the voice of Simba in The Lion King. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's breaking news. <laughs> you know that either? Nope. I don't ever look up who the voices of people are. Yeah, I don't either, but if they're, if they're real famous sometimes, <laughs> it's like a thing. Well, I don't think he's real famous. Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Where's he been? Well, back then he was very famous. Oh, back then he was. Yeah. Oh, boy. Next up. 
Samantha Maselli. Lunchbox! Hottie! Incorrect. Hottie! Eddie. Incorrect. Eddie. Melissa Milano. Amy. Incorrect. God. Amy. Melissa Milano. Correct. I yeah. cannot think of her name. I was one letter off. He I'm kept. On Lunchbox kept pointing at me, yelling "Hottie." hottie. I was hoping it was going to come to me while I was saying "Hottie." That's not Melissa Milano. It's, it's Alyssa, and she man yeah. would have been cool if it was Melissa Milano. It'd have been funner to say. <laughs> yeah. Huh? yeah. Ready? Uh-huh. Come on. Doogie Howser, MD. Lunchbox. Hottie. Incorrect. Amy. Incorrect. Amy. Neil Patrick Harris. Correct. Eddie, don't yell hottie. You didn't know it. You didn't know it. You're just yelling your name to yell it. <laughs> he no, knew I, it. I knew it. Here we go. And he goes, hottie. Peter Jenkins. Just kidding. There is no person. I was thinking he was going to yell. I was wow. like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Ready? Here we go. Steve Urkel. Lunchbox. Lunchbox. What's his name? Eddie. Incorrect. Eddie. Jaleel White. Correct. Goodness. Wow. I think I didn't mess that up. I got it. Well, you got to go more than seven. This is too fun. <laughs> we'll go to ten. This is so hard. Yeah. Steve Urkel on Family Matters was Jill White. I was going to call him Steve Urkel. Here we go. Harry Potter. Lunchbox. Lunchbox. Daniel Radcliffe. Correct. Woo! You do that one. The score, the score is two to two to two right now. Okay. Four to go. Okay. Malcolm in the middle. Eddie. Eddie. Frankie Nunez. Lunchbox. Lunchbox. Frankie Nunez. Correct. What's wrong with me today? <laughs> yeah. Why oh, do you his name is Nunez? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's a last name. Okay. What's Nunez? Woo! Nunez, yeah. Okay. Next up. Alex Russo. Never heard that name. What? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who that I'll is. I'll throw a hint in if no one goes in for this one. Alex, Alex Russo. Uh, dude, I, I know who it is. I just don't know her name. That's his a girl. Name, his name. It's a girl. It's a boy? I, I am no, I've never heard of that. Alex Russo. Okay. Your first clue is Alex Russo on the Disney Channel. <sighs> I don't have any idea. Alex Russo? Eddie. Eddie. I'm just going to go with uh, Samantha Taylor. Amy. I was running out of time, but I had nothing. Amy? Selena Gomez. Yeah. Oh, what? Yes. The next uh, clue would have been Wizards of Waverly Place. Dang it. Okay. I'm, yeah. All right, let's go. To nine. Eddie, you have to get this to stay in. And what about me? Hello? We're tied. You're tied. Oh, I didn't know that. Relax. We're nine. Sorry. If it's safe. Nothing. Here we go. Number nine. Cole. Yeah? Okay, that's all I'm giving you for now. Cole. Cold. Uh, cold hard cash. Also, cold. a second role he played, cold. Forrest Jr. Eddie. Eddie. Haley Joel Osment. Correct. Yeah! yeah. I'm in, baby! Who's Haley cold? Joel Osment. Cole from The Sixth Sense. I see that. And Forrest Jr. Good one. Little Forrest. Forrest. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're down at, we're over to 10 here. Come on, come on. This come is on. for all the money. Focus. All the money. Ray. Ray. What? Ray. Okay, it's hard. We're gonna go to the next clue. Stuart Little. Who? Stuart Little. He was in Stuart Little as well. They're a rabbit. I don't know. That was a chicken. <clears throat> Stuart Little. I think it was a mouse, huh? Oh. Stuart Little's a mouse. <laughs> Eddie. Oh. Eddie. Kevin Bacon. Incorrect. Amy? I'm not in. I just said, oh. That's not like a buzzing to me. Nope. Okay. Eddie's been eliminated. Next up. Spiky hair. Okay. Oh, my God. What's that kid's name? No idea. I-, I know what it is. <laughs> oh. Next clue. Jerry Maguire. Oh, you all don't know his name. Oh, I'm not in. No, I didn't. Did you know the human head weighs 10 yeah. pounds? Yeah. They're all child stars. <laughs> what is his name? You name him. him and he's oh, like, he kind of like looks like, like a bodybuilder now, right? He yeah, is. he kind of looks like Billy Gilman. Hmm. Well, why don't you guess that? I think the right know. answer, though. Oh. Three seconds. Okay, okay, okay. Time. Ah! Jonathan Lipnicki. That's it. Oh, you knew that? No. Now I do. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> That's right. That's it. Here we go. Child I'm, star. I'm names. back in, right? You're back in. Okay. Olivia Kendall. Huh? 
something. Okay. Nicole Lee. Nicole Lee. She played Olivia Kendall from 1989 to 1992, and Nicole Lee from 1993 to 1997. Lunchbox. Go. Drew Barrymore. Why not? She played Olivia Kendall on The Cosby Show from 1989 to 1992. Oh, now you're show. I should have waited. She played Nicole Lee on Hanging with Mr. Cooper from 1993 to 1997. Oh, my God. I don't know her name. What's her name? 30 seconds. I'm out. Raven Simone. Raven. Uh, She had her own show, Raven. She's so cute. Okay, here we go. Is that Rudy? No, it was the other one. No, that's what I was thinking. No, it's Olivia Kendall. (laughs) Olivia. Olivia. Yeah. Here we go. Come on, come on. Last come on. one for the win. Oh, last one. Well, that, they've all been the last one if you got oh. it. Yeah. 11. <gasps> Amy. Amy. Millie Brown. In- incorrect. Millie Bobby, hey, Bobby hey, Brown. Hey, Millie Bobby Brown. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. On Stranger Things. Thank you, Amy. You're Thank welcome. you. I had no clue until she said well, that. you set them up with like two of them. Well, I did. Melissa Milano. Oh, that's true. Oh, I knew that one. Oh, <laughs> calm down. I set them up with all of them. Uh, what? With what? All of them. Hottie. All of them? <laughs> Calm down. I gave him all of them. Wow. Eddie, you're the winner. Play a song. Thank you. Uh, what, what a fun game. game. What a fun game. Yeah, you got out of my wheelhouse when you started going what? Stranger Things. Yeah. And I had no idea. I was so ready to say Candace Cameron Bure, but you I was ready to say Mark Paul Gossler. For, for 11? Yeah, that queued up. Yeah, I did. Yeah, or Mario Lopez. I was ready for that. Good, good, good. Eddie, congratulations. You are the winner. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. This one's for all the contractors out there. It's going to inspire you. JT's building and construction responded to a normal call, like a price quote. Like, hey, our dad just had to have knee surgery again. We need a wheelchair ramp ASAP. This happened suddenly. He's like, yeah, no problem. I can come out there. When he met the family, realized the situation and it all was happening so fast, he built it. And then when they're like, hey, we're going to pay you, he's like, you know what? No charge. Refused their money. Said there's no cost. He just wanted to help the family out. And here they are talking about it. I called about 50 contractors and three of them got back with me. And one of which was Jerry with JT Buildings. There was no cost. It came to the point where it was minimal dollars and it was a good gesture them that I just felt I had to do for. One man helping another man in need and we need a lot more of that in this world. It's a cold, cruel world and there's a lot of negativity out there. The most surprising part, the contractor got it done in time when he said he would do it. Yeah, that's shocking. <laughs> that never happens. Because that guy don't have it, yeah. <laughs> When's it done? April. When's it really done? <laughs> November. Yep. Yeah. Of the next year. Yeah. Uh, good for him. We, we love stories where people help out when they don't have to. That's awesome. That is what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. It's time for another round of Good Parent, Bad Parent. Today, it's Amy. Amy, what's up? Well, so my son is really into frosted flakes right now tiger the the flaky things with the sugar on top yeah they're great it's not, great. I, I never that's not my i didn't eat those when i was a kid i don't get it i'm like ugh. Huh? so he wants them often and i have to say cereals and easy breakfast and sometimes you're just like okay yeah fine go for it because then you don't have to worry about anything else well, so i just started mixing in this cereal that has no sugar it just looks like the flake same little flicky look that's higher in fiber and has other vitamins and minerals that are weaved into it. And I, I got the cereal. I dumped it out, put it in a bowl, tossed it to where it mixed up really good. And I have it in there and he's been eating it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So now it's ha- whatever he was going to eat. It's half the sugar or whatever. You could also do that because I did that with Sunny Delight as a kid. I loved it so much. I figured that if you take an empty Sunny Delight bottle, you dump half in there. You have the other half. Then you fill the rest with water, you shake it up. It tastes mostly like Sunny Delight, and you had it for double the time. There you go. So you can also save money by getting a cheaper cereal and doing that. What do you feel guilty about, though? Fortunately, this high fiber and vitamin A cereal is a little bit more. Oh, it costs her more. (laughs) But why do you feel guilty about that, or do you not? I don't know that I feel guilty about it. I guess it's just that I'm not telling him. (laughs) So it feels... Oh, the lying and deception. Yeah. No, I'm not not even lying, though. I'm just not saying anything. Yeah. It's like your cereal's in the container it is what it is my wife does this with onions i told you i hate onions i don't want anything to do with onions 
And I'm sure if you went to your son and said, hey, we got this high fiber cereal that tastes a lot like yours, he would go, no. Ugh. But when he doesn't know, it's fine. I tell my wife, I don't like onions. Don't put them in anything. She's like, you got it. Okay, buddy. And then all of a sudden I ate a meal. I was like, man, that was great. She was like, hmm. I guess there was no way there were tiny, tiny onions that I gr- grinded up real small in there and made it taste. Oh, I didn't like it as much. Okay. Immediately, I didn't like it as much right after that. So I'm all for it. Yeah. I think it's actually a great parent. Okay, good. And it's a good little hack. Eddie? Great parent. I love it. If I can find little things that look like Cinnamon Toast Crunch to add in there that's not Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I'd do it. Your kids love that. They just love cinnamon toast. Who crunch. doesn't love cinnamon toast? But crunch. I can't find a flake oh, that you, looks like that. Maybe that's you could not... sprinkle in that Catalina crunch that's cinnamon toast. Let's go. See, I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, and that has no sugar. Love it. Yeah, yeah. and it's high fiber. Lunchbox? Oh, I think you're a great parent. Lying to your kids is what we do. That's oh. what, that's what you, parents you have do. To, oh, it's all about lying. Yeah, that is parenting is lying. <laughs> you tell your kids everything that is not true because you need them to do something. Like we used to be told, if you sit too close to the TV, you're going to go blind. Guess what? That was a lie. Parents, Parenting is aka just lying. So whatever you have to do to get the job done, you lie. How much do you lie to your kids, you think? Oh, I don't even know. I mean, 75% of the time? <laughs> also, I'm not lying. I'm not. I'm just not saying. Well, it kind of, I mean, you're doing something and you feel you're lying. lying. No, if he poured it in dishonest. a bowl and saw it and then asked me about it, I would have to say. If he said he poured it in a bowl and he was like, "Mom, this tastes a little bit different today." Is you that know? your accent of him? Yeah. Like, do you know why? <laughs> mom, this tastes. A, mom, this tastes a little bit different. Do you know why? No. And then I'll say, "Oh." I you would say it if you said no, it. you taste a little different. No, you're lying. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying. Now you're lying again. Double deception. Don't lie to us. I can't hide it from him because if he notices, that means I'm busted. No. Uh-uh. What if he's not? What if he hasn't busted you and he's like, this one tastes a little different today. <laughs> I will wait until and you're gonna wait to see if you have to tell the truth. Yes, I'll wait. I'm not gonna. It's not lying. Okay. Oh. We go good parent. Okay, but wait also, till, wait hey, till. you got the pendulum swinging the other direction, though, after that. <laughs> no, but I can't wait till Bobby's the dad. <laughs> he's, oh, trust me, he's going to lie a lot, too. Oh, yeah, probably all time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I heard it's 75% from parenting expert. Come <laughs> on. There you go. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a Bobby Bones Show interview. In case you didn't know. There's a new podcast called High Strange. It's out now. And basically, it's Payne Lindsay investigating, well, UFOs. Now, he's not a big UFO guy. He's mostly done these true crime podcasts where they investigate real crimes, real murders. But he decided to take that and go into UFOs government secrecy and so that's what it is it's high strange and he's got some good stuff and he is joining us now welcome Payne Lindsay on the Bobby Bones show now Payne Lindsay Payne what's up buddy what's up man how you doing pretty good I'm glad you're on like well not like you because you're really into it but we've been talking a lot about aliens spaceships I mean all this stuff that you like really put your you know education, knowledge, you go and investigate it. We just say crap. So I'm glad we have on somebody that actually knows a little bit about something here. Let me say this about pain. High Strange episodes drop weekly on Thursdays. You can binge the entire series now by subscribing to Tenderfoot Plus on Apple Podcasts. But when it comes to people I wanted to talk to, this is the guy. Now, first of all, Area 51, what the crap's out there? That's a good question. I actually went there. Um, Not inside, obviously. But uh, I went about as close as you can get before you get shot. Um, (laughs) Will they really shoot you? um, If you go closer, do you think you'll get shot? You know, like they always, the the, the sign, I mean, according to the sign you do. Mm -hmm. um, But I will say there was, there was a guy, uh, you know, I think it was 2016 who did cross the line and he was shot and he was killed. So they, they do mean business about that. Um, I, I went out there. I didn't see anything super cool other than a, insane level of security that I've never seen before. So whatever they're doing there is is either super high tech and secretive or it's some secret golf course that senators use and they don't want you to know about it. I don't know. Both would be fun to go to. Yeah. yeah. It would be. Either one sounds cool. What is your goal, Payne? If people are listening to you, like what are they going to find out from you or what's your goal to find out? The goal is is actually super simple. It's just posing the question what is really up with these UFOs, right? Um, everyone knows what the, t- the term UFO is and means, and even though it's, it stands for unidentified flying object, we know you mean spaceships, alien spaceships, right? All these stories over the years, all this new stuff in the news, you know, what's really going on? And I feel like every, or, or most documentaries about this subject require a little bit of uh, tinfoil hat wearing to get all the way there. And so I wanted to make a, a different style story, just like my true crime stories, about a subject like this and try to break the mold, break the stigma, and really kind of give it an objective look. What's true? What isn't? Where are we going from here? What should we expect next? What do you think we're getting wrong as the general public when you say what isn't true? 
Like, cause I read all the reports and it'll be like a uh, spokesperson for the Pentagon says there's a mothership or like, what are we reading? And then all of a sudden it gets blown up. What are we wrong about? And then I want to know like, what is right that we probably don't believe because we're scared to believe it. I think because there's been so much in pop culture, you know, the Steven Spielberg movies, all this, all this stuff, you know, little green men, it's become such, it's become like a trope, right? It's like a, it's become almost like a joke. And so I, I think that what has gotten lost a little bit is that there is some real cold, hard truth and evidence that supports the idea that there are intelligent crafts in our atmosphere, our airspace that are not from the U.S. government, not from China, not from Russia or any other adversary on Earth. And I think that that gets lost in the just all the mumbo jumbo, all the muddy waters that surround this topic as a whole. We, we, it's, we kind of forgot that, hey, actually, but don't forget, you know, the, the pyramid things are cool. You know, all the uh, like conspiracy stuff is, is fun, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about that actual literal craft that this Navy pilot saw that changed his life forever. And they're flying the most advanced aircraft on Earth. And they don't know what it is. Well, you know, we say it could be China, it could be Russia. That's a very common thing to be said. And you said, you know, it's not, or at least we don't think it is. But would we even really know, though, if they were good at hiding what they were doing? I mean, I'm sure we're doing the same thing. You, you feel like it's not another country, at least some of these that we see. It's not advanced testing that we're doing. You do think it's something that is bigger than we are. So I think it's probably a little bit of everything, you know, I, it would be naive for me to say that all these sightings can't be those things, right? I bet some of them might be some advanced aircraft that we're testing or an adversary. But when the government itself comes out, when there's, you know, videos of the Tic Tac or the gimbal that, you know, were published, you know, declassified, and, they're in the, and our government's basically saying they're not ours, they're either lying about that, which would be really crazier, to be honest. Uh, or if it is China or Russia, what an, um, what a big mishap on our part. How did we miss that? How did we miss some amazing technological advancement over 30 years? And you've kept it secret for that long? And if so, then why isn't Russia using that technology in, in Ukraine? Right. If you have all this crazy capability of of aircraft or is it just not theirs? Is it just not from here? So I don't think it's every every case is different, but there is a small percentage where they don't fit into any of those boxes. And there's very few boxes left for it to go in. And one of them is that it's from somewhere else. Yeah, and in your opinion, why don't we ever have a good picture of this stuff? Right, that's always a, a funny one. Why are they always weird, blurry, shaky videos, right? Um, I mean, there's a couple things. I mean, one, there actually are some really good uh, photos and videos of um, UFOs that really have not, to this day, have never really been entirely debunked. You know, I, I like to focus on the ones that are from you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s that are on Kodak film, pre-Photoshop, you know, they've sent the film to Kodak and they're saying, yeah, this is legit. This is from this time. It's not been altered. It's like there's too many ways to fake something these days. AI, all this stuff. It's like, what? what's real? What isn't anymore? Um, so I totally get it. But you also have to think if there is some intelligent life coming from some place that is so far away that we can't even see it with our own most advanced telescopes. That clearly tells us that they are significantly more advanced than us, right? And so is it really that crazy to think that they would know if someone has their phone out? And I'm not saying that that's the reason all the time, but like, wouldn't you, we can tell if someone has their phone out today with different technology that the government has. So I think that part of um, the technology in any of these crafts would, would most likely be some sort of stealth awareness of, you know, not getting caught, right? So in your 
you know, saga to prove this right or wrong or tell a story because you've done it in true crime, but now doing it with the unexplained um, aerial phenomenon. Have you had your mind changed from what you believed when you started to today? It really did change because it really, at first, this was just, to be honest, a fun sounding idea to me. As a kid, I liked, you know, Close Encounters, I liked E.T. I've always been a fan of the sci-fi genre, just like I like suspense stories and true crime, right? Um, so it was just kind of a fun idea, like, hey, what if I took this approach to this topic? What would happen? It wasn't really until I was about six months into doing this that I, I was kind of staring down cold hard evidence in so many different places that it just kind of slowly clicked with me that damn there's actually so much more here that is very real it's almost annoying annoyingly more real than i thought it was or that i even wanted it to be and once i got to that point i i kind of made it part of the podcast mission to deliver this information in a way that doesn't feel so heavy-handed and is very objective and leaves all options open but presents to you the most compelling things that there are and really kind of leaves it up for you to decide and that's really what it became did you talk to anyone who you really couldn't doubt what they were saying because they came from such a place of legitimacy and because they were who they are you started to go dang maybe there is something to this that i didn't give the shot to Absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of different cases, but you know, there was a, a story called the the Rendlesham Forest incident in 1980, and these are seasoned Air Force um, military officers that all experienced something that is to this day completely unexplainable and damn near impossible to debunk. And then talking to the Navy pilots who have experienced stuff in the last couple of years. Um, you know, for a lot of these people, especially one of the radar specialists I talked to um, from this case in 2004, it, it changed his life forever. And when he went to his higher ups at the time to basically say, hey, I think like these things in the sky that we're seeing days in a row out here on the aircraft carrier are posing a safety of flight risk for our pilots. And because they just didn't know what they were and there was such a stigma with UFOs and all that stuff, they basically just gaslit him for a decade and he retired, you know, in frustration. And then a couple years ago, he sees on the news videos of his ex his exact experience and the Pentagon coming out and saying, yeah, this happened and uh, we don't know what it is. And he's like, what? Those kind of stories make you wonder, you know, what's the motivation to be making something up? you are also someone who is of sound mind. And at a certain point, you get enough of these people, it starts to paint a picture of something is going on. I'm not saying that it's one thing or the other, but I think that we have to start keeping more of an open mind with other possibilities. And I think that the people who are higher up in the government have clearly started to think the same way or they wouldn't have a UFO research program. What do you think would happen if they came out today and said, yeah, there's something out there. We don't really know what it is, but we know for sure it's out there. I think that um, they've, they've sort of already in a soft way said that, just not as specifically, right? Um, I think especially the younger generation is like, yeah, that's fine. Like, we kind of thought that anyway. Don't care. I think that there's a, a mixed viewpoints when it comes to people's belief systems and how that fits into, you know, maybe their religion or their upbringing, all these different things. So there's, it's more of a nuanced conversation and paradigm shifting for a lot of people. But I think that in our lifetime, that will be a known fact. And I think that the younger generation is totally ready to explore that and can compute that a little easier than maybe you know, my grandparents could, right? Well, Lunchbox here on the show is totally against the idea of anything being out there at all. I, I am not, obviously, but Lunchbox is. And so, why is that? Well, go ahead. 
I just don't believe in it. Like, if they're going to come and get me, come and get me. Like, I just don't understand how people think there's aliens. Like, we would see them. We, we're the smartest people in the world. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't understand it. In the world, maybe. This world. That's what he's saying. I, I get the, like, why you may instinctually think or feel that way. But I think it could be sometimes a little bit small-minded. It's like, we are just now seeing the end of our own galaxy for the first time with telescopes. But... There are literally over 10 trillion more galaxies than this one. Mm-hmm. So mathematically speaking, just off the math itself, being close enough to a star to do this and have enough of this, it is likely that at least 10% of the universe is occupied by other species. I think the whole us versus them mentality is a little misguided because the likelihood of there being something else is almost certain at this point. Now, the question of whether they've come here or not is very valid, right? Maybe they haven't, but I think that if they could come here from somewhere so far away that we literally can't even see it with our most advanced telescopes, then damn, they are a lot more advanced than we are, right? Did that change your mind at all? Uh, no, I mean, a, he says, oh, math. So he's probably the same math guy who's going to tell me my odds are I shouldn't play the lottery. I mean, <laughs> yes, I'm not much of a... No, you probably should play the lottery. Yeah, yeah see? <laughs> there you go. All right, now, now I'm kind of believing this guy. Okay, Payne <laughs> Lindsay, listen, high strange. He's going after unexplained aerial phenomena, trying to investigate what's going on, giving us more of an idea. And again, he's not a tinfoil hat wearer, at least not... I'm really the, not. Yeah. Like, I'm really like an anti-conspiracy guy. I, like, I, and I, I like went out of my way to make this a... UFOs, little green men, wink, wink, like, okay, but like, really, like, what's up, though? And that's kind of the tone of the whole show. So you don't have to put on the tinfoil hat to, to follow along with this one. Payne, good to talk to you. You guys, High Strange, go go search it, go listen to it, subscribe. You can also follow him at Payne Lindsay on Instagram. Payne, good luck, and I appreciate the time. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate it. See you, buddy. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A bunch of kids stopped a man from kidnapping a child at a bus stop in Maryland. A kid was waiting at the bus stop, young kid, about 7.20 a.m., when Jamal Germany, 30 years old, allegedly grabbed the child and pulled them toward an apartment building. Other students were nearby at the bus stop, and they jumped into action, like jumped all over the dude. The bus then drives up, and the students were able to board, even the kid who was by himself, the younger kid that was trying to be abducted, or that the guy was trying to abduct. But if it weren't for all those other kids jumping in, jumping on, wow. screaming, I don't know what he was trying to do with that kid. Yeah, who knows? But they, did, they identified him as a suspect. They arrested him and accused him of attempted kidnapping from NBC News. But good thing those other kids were paying attention because wow. the bus stop back in the day, we didn't pay attention to anything. Nothing. That's where trouble happened. The bus stop is where crap went down. Yeah. How many of you guys at the bus stop? Because we had probably Eleven. five or six. Five? Yeah. yeah, we had about six. Yeah, we had about 11 or so wow, when I would kids. bus stop it. Popular it was a brief stop. time. I rode the bike. I rode my bike then once we moved closer to school. When I was in the trailer park, we had to take a bus because it was too far from school. But once I moved into Mountain Pine proper, pfft, rode my bike. <laughs> proper. Right yeah. downtown. Right. I was rocking that. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So if you got some days off from work that you need to take, they say the best day to do that is Wednesday. Just randomly? It doesn't it, connect any other days. You can't have an extended time off. I know. I don't get this at all, but they say that it breaks up Who your is routine. Yeah. We always throw the day around there. Is it... You know, marketing for a better Wednesday.com or something? This is from the University of Texas. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they say that, yeah, if you're just wanting a little bit of a break, that's a good time to do it. Take a break from your team. You still, like, don't get behind at work or anything like that. Maybe it's because it's in the middle and it makes the other two blocks seem shorter. Yeah, you're splitting your week. I guess. I'd just rather take off a Monday or a Friday. Longer week. Because then you can knock that three-day out and just, just go buck wild. Yes. Like, but what do you mean? I don't know what that means, really. <laughs> I just like saying it. I never actually gone buck wild in my life. Something else they factored into this feeling that we get if we do it a Wednesday is it's unexpected. Like, sometimes you randomely do get a Friday or Monday off, but it's like, oh, wow, I'm just going to have this random Wednesday. Wednesday is confusing to have off. So is Tuesday because everybody's at work and it's it's like you land in a planet of the apes. Like, I don't look like everybody. This is not right. Everything's <laughs> odd. People are walking around. It's just weird. So I got it. Any day off is a good day, but I'd prefer one of those three-day weekenders. I don't know. Research says Wednesdays. Do it. Okay, foods expire. Like, they have a little date. But here's the thing. We can still eat them long after. We don't have to I would say to some of them. Yeah, not long Not after. universally. <laughs> oh, Amy's I don't like, look at the dates. It can be expired and have mold all over it. Eat it, sucker. <laughs> no, but yes, I think the, the expiration dates are there. They're a little premature, but just to protect everybody, right? Yeah. Dry pasta, 24 months Come on. after it expires. You know, I'm, I'm good years. with that one. Yeah, I'm familiar with how long a year is. <laughs> yeah, I'm all good on that part. Thank you, though. But I mean, I definitely have thrown stuff out because I'm like, oh, man, that expired a year ago. And now I know I could have kept it because canned foods are the same way. Like, 
canned pasta. Pasta's on the list. Dry it's all pasta stories. Four months. Yeah. Um, but eggs, those are safe to eat a few days after their expiration date, but definitely smell them before cooking them. <laughs> Bread, if you store it in the fridge, it can last two weeks past the expiration date. The whole time? Do you have to... Keep it in the fridge the whole time, or is it when it gets when it's getting near expiration, you throw it in the fridge? That's a good question. I can keep it in the fridge the whole time. Yeah. What kind of psycho killer keeps their bread oh, in the fridge? Not Excuse gross. me. Uh oh. Do you really, you? Amy? Okay, okay, okay. She's the psycho so, killer. So Call the cops. Yeah. You know, we have two types of bread in my house: the bread that the kids like, and then my Ezekiel bread that I like. I keep Ezekiel bread in the freezer. Okay, I think you have to. Kind of you bread. find I mean, that I, in the freezer. I, I eat it every day, and it's still it's in my freezer. And then my kids, I keep it in the fridge. Uh, Cause I'm gonna put it in the toaster. Weirdo. All right, what else? All right. Guys, also, watch your back. Keep one, <laughs> keep one eye open around here. You got it. Go Flour, sugar, peanut butter, cereals. You don't have to throw that stuff away right at the expiration. You can Google the exact dates, but I'm just saying, food prices are going up, so you might as well make the most of so it. So risk your life by eating stuff after it's yes. expired. But right. when I saw flour and that how long you can keep it, it made me think of The Last of Us. Like, I don't want any grains that have a chance to grow a virus I'm going to eat and turn me into a zombie. Mm-hmm. I felt that. But you know, now there's a new virus that's taken over. It's like a fungi. Yeah. America, like in reality. Mm-hmm. That Fun- one's, that's fungus. what it is. Mm-hmm. And on The Last of Us, it's a fungus. I've seen it. But the, there's a real one too. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about it. I know. And I, oh. Okay, so I'm going to see if you're a true country fan because if you if you know these songs, this is from Taste of Country, then you pass the test. Quiz me, go. Need you now. It's a quarter after one. I'm all alone and I need you now. How long do I have to sing? You keep know. going, keep going, the whole thing. Well, yeah. I mean, I can probably do. Okay, so if you, you have to like know know it enough. Yeah, this is the top five. If you can't sing along to all these songs, you are not a true country fan. I swear, if it tells me I'm not a country fan. Okay, uh, gunpowder and lead. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I'm on a rail, gonna rail my shotgun. Your mouth's on a lot of cigarettes. I don't know any words, but you got those. I know the melody. Yeah. No powder and lead. Yeah. yeah, that's Miranda. Uh, Kenny Chesney, Summertime. It's a deal. It's a beer. It's a cheer. It's summertime. Let it keep rolling, though. It'll get to my part. I don't know any words, anything. Go ahead. Okay, and at number two, Carrie Underwood before he cheats. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, and I rose my eyes with a whole guitar and I swing back a booty to your body. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me that melody wasn't right. Though. That was right on. Thank man. you. Of course I'm going to know all these songs. What else you got? Give me one more. And at number one, Gretchen Wilson, Redneck Woman. Easy. Don't hit it yet, Ray. Because I'm a redneck woman. I got my neck all red. Because I'm a redneck woman. Now um, I got to kill you dead. I don't think those are the I lyrics. think that was it. I ain't no high class Oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yell, yeah, yeehaw. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just a product of the rings and I say, hey, y'all, and yeehaw. I don't know any words. Whatever. Call me a not a country fan. Okay. I'll stab <laughs> you like Amy will with her uh, bread in the fridge. Yeah, the obvious songs we should all know are like Friends in Low Places, On the Road oh, Again. Yeah. Oh, I thought Prison you gave me Blues. the top five. I know, but those are the obvious ones. So that's why it's like, if you know these ones, you're good. But I, I wouldn't even know all the words, all the big songs, like all the word words. On the Road Again? I don't know all the words of any song except Bare Naked Ladies one week. <laughs> Chickity China, the Chinese chicken. I got our stick in my brain, stops ticking. Watch the next files with no lights on. Oh, I'm Della Mason. Oh, the Smoky Men's in this one, oh, like Harrison God. Ford, I'm getting frantic. Let's think I'm tantric. Let's Snickers guaranteed to satisfy. Like Carissa, I make mad films. Okay, I don't make films. But if I did the Have a Samurai, gonna get a set of better clubs. You know the Kawatani Nubs, some arms are always flying off the back swing. I mean, I can do that all. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. I'm Amy. Man. That's my file. <laughs> that was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. Tess is a lab, 14 years old. There were some city workers right outside of where Tess, the lab, lived, and she ran up to them. And But instead of actually getting to them, she fell in a hole that they were working on. So she fell 23 feet down an open manhole. Oh, the Lord. dog owner, Larry, actually saw Tess fall into the hole, yells at his wife, and then he goes, hey, we got to get somebody here. Portland Fire and Rescue responded to the emergency. They sent a firefighter down all out in, into the manhole. They harnessed up Tess. The great news is, even though Tess was underground for nearly an hour, she was had nothing broken. 23 feet down and 14 years old as a dog, and nothing broke. 
on her, which is crazy. So the firefighter went down, got her. Apparently, there's a bunch of debris at the bottom of the, and it kind of cushioned it. You know how people fall off buildings and movies and they land in a dumpster? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I pictured happening to test the dog there. But she was down there. The firefighters went down. I think it's super cool they'll even do that. They'll even go down and go, we'll go save animals. Because I don't think the whole cat and tree thing is real. I've seen it on the news. Ah, that's why it's not that real. Because if, if it happens, it makes the news. Mm. You know, it's like, ooh, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> And maybe cats don't really get stuck in trees either. But Tess got stuck in a manhole and a firefighter in Portland saved her. And I thought that was awesome. And I wanted to share it with you. And that is what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.